Section 38 of The Ego and His Own. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ego and His Own by Max Stirner. My Self-Enjoyment, Part 4. The truth, or truth in general, people are bound not to give up, but to seek for. What else is it but the etre supreme, the highest essence? Even true criticism would have to despair if it lost faith in the truth, and yet the truth is only a thought. But it is not merely a thought, but the thought that is above all thoughts, the irrefragable thought. It is the thought itself which gives the first hallowing to all others. It is the consecration of thoughts, the absolute, the sacred thought. The truth wears longer than all the gods, for it is only in the truth's service, and for love of it, that people have overthrown the gods, and at last God himself. The truth outlasts the downfall of the world of gods, for it is the immortal soul of this transitory world of gods, it is deity itself. I will answer Pilate's question. What is truth? Truth is the free thought, the free idea, the free spirit. Truth is what is free from you, what is not your own, what is not in your power. But truth is also the completely unindependent, impersonal, unreal, and incorporeal. Truth cannot step forward as you do, cannot move, change, develop. Truth awaits and receives everything from you, and itself is only through you, for it exists only in your head. You concede that the truth is a thought, but say that not every thought is a true one, or, as you are also likely to express it, not every thought is truly and really a thought. And by what do you measure and recognize the thought? By your impotence, to wit, by your being no longer able to make any successful assaults on it. When it overpowers you, inspires you, and carries you away, then you hold it to be the true one. Its dominion over you certifies to you its truth. And when it possesses you and you are possessed by it then you feel well with it for then you have found your lord and master when you were seeking the truth what did your heart then long for for your master you did not aspire to your might but to a mighty one and wanted to exalt a mighty one exalt ye the lord our god the truth my dear Pilate, is the Lord, and all who seek the truth are seeking and praising the Lord. Where does the Lord exist? Where else but in your head? He is only spirit, and wherever you believe you really see him, there he is a ghost. For the Lord is merely something that is thought of, and it was only the Christian pains and agony to make the invisible visible, the spiritual corporal, that generated the ghost and was the frightful misery of the belief in ghosts. 
as long as you believe in the truth you do not believe in yourself and you are a servant a religious man you alone are the truth or rather you are more than the truth which is nothing at all before you you too do assuredly ask about the truth you too do assuredly criticize but you do not ask about a higher truth to wit one that should be higher than you nor criticize according to the criterion of such a truth you address yourself to thoughts and notions as you do to the appearances of things only for the purpose of making them palatable to you enjoyable to you and your own you want only to subdue them and become their owner you want to orientate yourself and feel at home in them and you find them true or see them in their true light when they can no longer slip away from you no longer have any unseized or uncomprehendable phase or when they are right for you when they are your property if afterward they become heavier again if they wriggle themselves out of your power again then that is just their untruth to wit your impotence your impotence is their power your humility their exaltation their truth therefore is you or is the nothing which you are for them and in which they dissolve their truth is their nothingness only as the property of me do the spirits the truths get to rest and they then for the first time really are when they have been deprived of their sorry existence and made a property of mine when it is no longer said the truth develops itself rules asserts itself a history also a concept wins the victory etc the truth never has won a victory but was always my means to the victory like the sword the sword of truth the truth is dead a letter a word a material that i can use up all truth by itself is dead a corpse it is alive only in the same way as my lungs are alive to wit in the measure of my own vitality truths are material like vegetables and weeds as to whether vegetable or weed the decision lies in me objects are to me only material that i use up wherever i put my hand i grasp a truth which i trim for myself the truth is certain to me and i do not need to long after it to do the truth a service is in no case my intent it is to me only a nourishment for my thinking head as potatoes are for my digesting stomach or as a friend is for my social heart as long as i have the humour and force for thinking every truth serves me only for me to work it up according to my powers as reality or worldliness is vain and a thing of naught for christians so is the truth for me it exists exactly as much as the things of this world go on existing although the christian has proved their nothingness but it is vain 
because it has its value not in itself but in me of itself it is valueless the truth is a creature as you produce innumerable things by your activity yes shake the earth's surface anew and set up works of men everywhere so too you may still ascertain numberless truths by your thinking and we will gladly take delight in them nevertheless as i do not please to hand myself over to serve your newly discovered machines mechanically but only help to set them running for my benefit so too will i only use your truths without letting myself be used for their demands all truths beneath me are to my liking a truth above me a truth that i should have to direct myself by i am not acquainted with for me there is no truth for nothing is more than i not even my essence not even the essence of man is more than i than i this drop in the bucket this insignificant man you believe that you have done the utmost when you boldly assert that because every time has its own truth there is no absolute truth why with this you nevertheless still leave to each time its truth and thus you quite genuinely create an absolute truth a truth that no time lacks because every time however its truth may be still has a truth is it meant only that people have been thinking in every time and so have had thoughts or truths and that in the subsequent time these were other than they were in the earlier no the word is to be that every time had its truth of faith and in fact none has yet appeared in which a higher truth has not been recognized a truth that people believed they must subject themselves to as highness and majesty every truth of a crime is its fixed idea and if people later found another truth this always happened only because they sought for another they only reformed the folly and put a modern dress on it for they did want who would dare doubt their justification for this they wanted to be inspired by an idea they wanted to be dominated possessed by a thought the most modern ruler of this kind is our essence or man for all free criticism a thought was the criterion for own criticism i am i the unspeakable and so not the merely thought of for what is merely thought of is always speakable because word and thought coincide that is true which is mine untrue that whose own i am true e g the union untrue the state and society free and true criticism takes care for the consistent dominion of a thought an idea a spirit own criticism for nothing but my self-enjoyment but in this the latter is in fact and we will not spare it this ignominy like the bestestal criticism of instinct i like the criticising beast am concerned only for myself not for the cause 
I am the criterion of truth, but I am not an idea, but more than an idea, e.g. unutterable. My criticism is not a free criticism, not free from me, and not servile, not in the service of an idea, but an own criticism. True or human criticism makes out only whether something is suitable to man, to the true man, but by own criticism you ascertain whether it is suitable to you. Free criticism busies itself with ideas, and therefore is always theatrical. However it may rage against ideas, it still does not get clear of them. It pitches into the ghosts, but it can do this only as it holds them to be ghosts. The idea it has to do with do not fully disappear. The morning breeze of a new day does not scare them away. The critic may indeed come to atorexia before ideas, but he never gets rid of them, i.e. he will never comprehend that above the bodily man. There does not exist something higher, to wit, liberty, his humanity, etc. He always has a calling of man still left, humanity, and this idea of humanity remains unrealized, just because it is an idea, and is to remain such. If, on the other hand, I grasp the idea as my idea, then it is already realized, because I am its reality. Its reality consists in the fact that I, the bodily, have it. They say the idea of liberty realizes itself in the history of the world. The reverse is the case. This idea is real as a man thinks it, and it is real in the measure in which it is idea, i.e., in which I think it or have it. It is not the idea of liberty that develops itself, but men develop themselves, and, of course, in this self-development, develop their thinking too. In short, the critic is not yet owner, because he still fights with ideas as with powerful aliens, as the Christian is not owner of his bad desires so long as he has to combat them, for him who contends against vice, vice exists. Christian remains stuck fast in the freedom of knowing, the freedom of the spirit, and the spirit gains its proper freedom when it fills itself with the pure, true idea. This is the freedom of thinking, which cannot be without thoughts. Criticism smites one idea only by another, e.g. that of privilege by that of manhood, or that of egoism by that of unselfishness. In general, the beginning of Christianity comes on the stage again in its critical end, egoism being combated here as there. I am not to make myself the individual count, but the idea, the general why warfare of the priesthood with egoism of the spiritually minded with the worldly minded constitutes the substance of all christian history in the newest criticism this war only becomes all-embracing fanaticism complete
indeed neither can it pass away till it passes thus after it has had its life and its rage out whether what i think and do is christian what do i care whether it is human liberal humane whether unhuman liberal inhuman what do i ask about that if only it accomplishes what i want if only i satisfy myself in it then overlay it with predicates as you will it is all alike to me perhaps i too in the very next moment defend myself against my former thoughts i too am likely to change suddenly my mode of action but not on account of its not corresponding to christianity not on account of its running counter to the eternal rights of man not on account of its affronting the idea of mankind humanity and humanitarianism but because i am no longer all in it because it no longer furnishes me any full enjoyment because i doubt the earlier thought or no longer please myself in the mode of action just now practised as the world as property has become a material with which i undertake what i will so the spirit too as property must sink down into a material before which i no longer entertain any sacred dread then firstly i shall shudder no more before a thought let it appear as presumptuous and devilish as it will because if it threatens to become too inconvenient and unsatisfactory for me its end lies in my power but neither shall i recoil from any deed because there dwells in it a spirit of godliness immorality wrongfulness as little as saint boniface pleased to desist through religious scrupulousness from cutting down the sacred oak of the heathens if the things of the world have once become vain the thoughts of the spirit must also become vain no thought is sacred for let no thought rank as devotions no feeling is sacred no sacred feeling of friendship mother's feelings etc no belief is sacred they are all alienable my alienable property and are annihilated as they are created by me the christian can loose all things or objects the most loved persons these objects of his love without giving up himself i e in the christian sense his spirit his soul as lost the owner can cast from him all the thoughts that were dear to his heart and kindled his zeal and will likewise gain a thousandfold again because he their creator remains unconsciously and involuntarily we all strive toward owners and there will hardly be one among us who has not given up a sacred feeling a sacred thought a sacred belief nay we probably meet no one who could not still deliver himself from one or another of his sacred thoughts all our contention against convictions starts from the opinion that maybe we are capable of driving our opponent out of his entrenchments of thought 
but what i do unconsciously i have to and therefore after every victory over a faith i become again the prisoner possessed of a faith which then takes my whole self anew into its service and makes me an enthusiast for reason after i have ceased to be enthusiastic for the bible or an enthusiast for the idea of humanity after i have fought long enough for that of christianity doubtless as owner of thoughts i shall cover my property with my shield just as i do not as owner of things willingly let everybody help himself to them but at the same time i shall look forward smilingly to the outcome of the battle smilingly lay the shield on the corpses of my thoughts and my faith smilingly triumph when i am beaten that is the very humour of the thing every one who has sublimer feelings is able to vent his humour on the pettiness of men but to let it play with all great thoughts sublime feelings noble inspiration and sacred faith presupposes that i am the owner of all if religion has set up the proposition that we are sinners altogether i set over against it the other we are perfect altogether for we are every moment all that we can be and we never need be more since no defect cleaves to us sin has no meaning either show me a sinner in the world still if one any longer needs to do what suits a superior if i only need to do what suits myself i am no sinner if i do not do what suits myself as i do not injure myself a holy one if on the other hand i am to be pious then i must do what suits god if i am to act humanly i must do what suits the essence of man the idea of mankind etc what religion calls the sinner humanitarianism calls the egoist but once more if i need not do what suits any other is the egoist in whom humanitarianism has borne to itself a new fangled devil anything more than a piece of nonsense the egoist before whom the humane shudder is a spook as much as the devil is he exists only as a bogey and phantomism in their brain if they were not unsophisticatedly drifting back and forth in the antediluvian opposition of good and evil to which they have given the modern names of human and egoistic they would not have threshed up the hooray sinner into an egoist either and put a new patch on an old garment but they could not do otherwise for they hold it for their task to be men they are rid of the good one good is left we are perfect altogether and on the whole earth there is not one man who is a sinner there are crazy people who imagine that they are god the father god the son or the man in the moon and so too the world swarms with fools who seem to themselves to be sinners but as the former are not the man in the moon so the latter 
are not sinners their sin is imaginary yet it is insidiously objected their craziness or their possessiveness is at least their sin their possessiveness is nothing but what they could achieve the result of their development just as luther's faith in the bible was all that he was competent to make out the one brings himself into the madhouse with his development the other brings himself therewith into the pantheon and to the loss of Valhalla. there is no sinner and no sinful egoism get away from me with your philanthropy creep in you philanthropist into the dens of vice linger a while in the throng of the great city you will not everywhere find sin and sin and again sin will you not wail over corrupt humanity not lament at the monstrous egoism will you see a rich man without finding him pitiless and egoistic perhaps you already call yourself an atheist but you remain true to the christian feeling that a camel will sooner go through a needle's eye than a rich man not be an unman. how many do you see anyhow that you would not throw into the egoistic mass what therefore has your philanthropy love of man found nothing but unlovable men and where do they all come from from you from your philanthropy you brought the sinner with you in your head therefore you found him therefore you inserted him everywhere do not call men sinners and they are not you alone are the creator of sinners you who fancy that you love men are the very one to throw them into the mire of sin the very one to divide them into vicious and virtuous into men and unmen the very one to befoul them with the slaver of your possessiveness for you love not men but man but i tell you you have never seen a sinner you have only dreamed of him self-enjoyment is embittered to me by my thinking i must serve another by my fancying myself under obligation to him by my holding myself called to self-sacrifice resignation ethuism all right if i no longer serve any idea any higher essence then it is clear of itself that i no longer serve any man either but under all circumstances myself but thus i am not merely in fact or in being but also for my consciousness the unique there pertains to you more than the divine the human etc yours pertains to you look upon yourself as more powerful than they give you out for and you have more power look upon yourself as more and you have more you are then not merely called to everything divine entitled to everything human but owner of what is yours i e of all that you possess the force to make your own i e you are appropriate and capacitated for everything that is yours people have always supposed that they must give me a destiny lying outside myself so that at last they demanded that i should lay claim to the human because i am man 
This is the Christian magic circle. Fish's ego, too, is the same essence outside me, for every one is ego, and if only this ego has rights, then it is the ego. It is not I, but I am not an ego, along with other egos, but the sole ego. I am unique. Hence my wants, too, are unique, and my deeds, in short, everything about me is unique and it is only as this unique i that i take everything for my own as i set myself to work and develop myself only as this i do not develop men nor as man but as i i develop myself this is the meaning of the unique one End of section 38. Recording by Elaine Webb, Bristol, England.